2: Love
3: Talk Radio You are solely responsible for your interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA. You understand that the Love Zone USA does not in any way screen its listeners, nor does the Love Zone USA inquire into the backgrounds of its listeners or attempt to verify the statements of its listeners. The Love Zone USA makes no representations or warranties as to the conduct of its listeners or their compatibility with any current or future listeners. In no event, shall the Love Zone USA or Blog Talk Radio be liable for any damages whatsoever, whether direct, indirect, general, special, compensatory, consequential, and or incidental, arising out of or relating to the conduct of you or anyone else in connection with the use of this service, including without limitation bodily injury, emotional distress, and or any other damages resulting from communications or meetings with other listeners of this service or persons you meet through this service. You agree to take reasonable precautions in all interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA. Particularly, if you decide to meet in person. In addition, you understand that the Love Zone USA makes no guarantees, either expressed or implied, regarding your ultimate compatibility with individuals you meet through listening to The Love Zone, the
4: Love Zone. The Love the Love Zone, Zone USA. The Love Zone USA.
3: Uh, the Love Zone USA. This is yours truly, your host, Mike T, as we get ready to take you inside the zone this evening, and we're going to do something uh, that is kind of a takeoff of last week's show. It's not part two of last week's show, we'll schedule that, um, but we do have a panel lined up for you this evening, and we're going to uh, talk about uh, this show uh, in relationship to last week's show. And uh, we have uh, Dr. Tiffany Sanders, who is a licensed psychologist and relationship uh, person, who will be with us. Um, And we also have relationship expert Justin Nutt. He'll be here as well to chime in on this uh, particular topic and subject matter that is kind of growing. Kind of guys are feeling it all over, so I thought it might be apropos to uh, do this as a show. And the title of the show is... This what attracts women, meaning cars, cash, job status, power. It was stated uh, in the movie, what was it, uh, Scarface. And uh, Tony, (laughs) not my producer, (laughs) but uh, Tony in the movie said, uh, first you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women. Is that true? First you get the money. Then you get the power. Then you get the women. Is that really true? Well, I guess when you look around at some of the athletes in the NBA and the women who tend to know where these parties are, I've, I've never been invited to one, actually. They know which hotel the guys stay in. They know which club they're going to be at. They know, you know, Everywhere those athletes are going to be when they come into town. People refer to them as groupies, but it's it's extended past that. It's extended to the point where, this is what a woman is looking for: land one of those athletes, and you have a virile man, and you have all this money and this, you know, this notoriety that he he floats around with. And the TV exposure, Internet exposure, YouTube exposure is totally different from yesteryear. So the popularity is off the chain, as they would say. And all that comes with the package. So the question is, is that what attracts women? Is that what attracts women? Now, I know women are looking for security. But then the double-edged sword of that is Jane Fonda threw off her bra for a reason, for women to be more independent. So if that's on the laundry list of what you're looking for in a man, uh, the cash, the car, the job status, and the power, where does the independence come in? Or does that just make it more of a caveat? We're going to discuss that and find out tonight. We're going to ask our panelists to chime in on that uh, topic. And we're going to see what they have to say about it. Yes, indeed. And I'd like to say that uh, our chat room is open. And I also want to remind you guys that uh, if you have to go on the go, on the road, take the show on the go. We are on TuneIn.com. We're also... On Stitcher.com, which puts us in the 2013 BMWs and Minis. So for those of you out there driving along tonight, hopefully you'll tune in to the Love Zone USA. Just type it in the search bar, download the free app, and we can be heard in the car, on your phones, Android and iPhone, tablets, iPad and Android. And uh, (laughs) we are everywhere trying to fill out this platform so that you can have a love zone USA wherever you go. And if you miss us, have no fear. You can check us out on blog talk com backslash the love zone USA tomorrow and listen to the archive or download it to your, uh, mobile device. And that's, uh, at iTunes, iTunes.com. So as we're going to, uh, Get into some music right about now. Got my producer on the MP3s with yours Julie, Mike T. On this night, it's entitled, Is This What Attracts Women? Well, we're going to find out. Our guests will be here a little later on. Right now, let's get into some music with Brian Culverson. Here he is. This is the song entitled, Still Heat, Inside the Love Zone, USA.
5: Challenges of love, I'll call on the Love Zone USA. This is Danny Glover.
0: If you're tired up, you better stay tired up because it's cheaper to keep her. This is from T. it says. It's cheaper to keep her. It's cheaper to keep her. When your little girl make your mad. And you get an attitude and pack your bag. Five little children that you're leaving behind. Son, you're gonna pay some alimony, a do some time. The why it's cheaper to keep her. Help me say it, y'all. It's cheaper to keep her. See, when you get through sand, not judge in the face, you're gonna wanna cut. The whole human race. That's why it's cheaper, to keep her. Keeper to keep her. it's cheaper to
5: keep her. It's cheaper to keep her. It's cheaper
0: to keep her. It's cheaper. Her. It's cheaper. It's cheaper. It's cheaper to keep her. You didn't pay for two dollars to bring the
6: little
0: girl home. Now you're about to pay two thousand. dollars Another woman out there, and you wanna make a change? but She ain't gonna want you, cause you won't have a damn thing. That's why it's cheaper to keep her. Everybody, sing along with me. It's cheaper to keep her. By the time you get through looking at judge in the face, you're gonna wanna cut the whole new I have to screen way well, over on the other side. Ooh. When I just give you that dirty look, Ooh. you may as well put the money in Mama's pocketbook. That's why it's cheaper, to, cheaper. to keep her. It costs too much leave yeah. to leave alone. Yeah. I know it's cheaper to keep her. Yeah. Cause you gon' not place an alimon if you leave home. It's cheaper to keep. I tell y'all, it's cheaper than cheaper. All the fellas out there know what I'm talking about. Don't you know that it's cheaper to stay at home, I gotta tell you. I'm you the message tonight. It's cheaper to keep, cheaper than keep, cheaper to keep it, cheaper than cheaper. She don't cost you too much if you let her go, man. It's cheaper than cheaper. You might as well put up with your little album spike on the goal. I'm going to tell you something tonight. I pray you, it's cheaper to keep her. Amen. Ain't it cheaper to keep her? Yeah. By the time you get through looking that judge in the face,
3: you'll be lucky. Johnny Taylor gave you the truth a long time ago. It's cheaper to keep her, fellas. Once you get her, it's cheaper to keep her. But nowadays, we got to say, uh,. If you're cheap, you won't get her. <laughs> if you're too cheap, you can't get her. So <laughs> you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. If you're too cheap, you can't get her, and it's cheaper to keep her once you do get her. <laughs> That's right. Things have changed in the dating game. <laughs> they have definitely changed. question is, how much is in your pocket? What kind of car do you drive? What's your status on your job? Oh, you just a worker bee. You're not a manager. See, so that gives them bragging rights around their girlfriends. You know, they can talk to their girlfriends and say, "Oh, my man is a manager. He's a he's a vice president. He's a director." Yeah, I know all about it. I can write a book. I can write a song about it. Yeah, and live in living color too. <laughs> My producer says that's the remix of Johnny Taylor. Yeah, we need to do some more remixes. Yeah, I like that one. I really like that one. And uh, next year, we're going to do a segment for the love of money. Once a month, we're going to do a show for the love of money. Yeah, my boys, the OJs. And we're going to talk about money because it is so important in relationships nowadays that they have put such, and women have put such an emphasis on this. What you ain't got, what you don't have. And we we scratched the surface last week. That's why we're going to have a part two to Confessions of a Gold Digger. We scratched the surface. We only scratched the surface. We're going to dig deep the next trip around. And we're going to get a panelist, panel of uh, guests to uh, comment on that. But tonight's show is titled, Is This What Women Are Attracted to? Cash Job status, the cars, the power, as it was stated in Scarface, is that all they're attracted to? Is that an initial attraction? You know, because we can flip the script on the guys when they look across the room. What's the initial attraction? For some guys, it's TNA. For others, it's a pretty face. For some guys, it's just T. No aid. (laughs) Tell the truth now. We're going to give it to you. We're going to give you the truth. That's the initial traction. And ladies, for the guy that you think is looking at your shoes, let me be honest with you. Most men do not look at a woman's shoes. Most. They your give rat's ass about your shoes. Now, there's a percentage that do like shoes in the sense that if it's a four, five, six-inch heel, it accentuates the calf, and it makes you look sexier. That's why they're looking at the shoes. That's why they're looking at the shoes. So... Now, I want you to know that for a fact, and I think we got a call on the line tonight. Um, let's see here. Let me go in here and see who we have on the line. It looks like somebody's coming inside the zone with me, hopefully. Uh, looks like the name is Lorna. Is that is that correct, Lorna? Yes, Lorna. Lorna, how are you?
7: I'm all right. I Welcome. was listening to the show, and so I decided to call in.
3: Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, did you know the title of the show?
7: Yes. Um, I see online. It says, um, it's about what attracts women.
3: Yeah, and it's,
7: and, it's for the um scarface. Yeah, uh, to take off, they, off off
3: off that subject, and it seems like today it is growing. You know, it was done in the movie a while back, but it, it seems like today that is more prevalent when when um, men are talking about women and what what attracts them to a man. And what's your take on that?
7: Well, for me, I'm 21 years old, so I only know, you know, up to this point in life. But, like, um, for me, I think it was, it's not money, and it's not, like, the way a guy looks, believe it or not. It definitely is personality, 100%. And I think... That's for a lot of women. I'm not saying all women, but a of women my age and older, because I don't know about the younger crowd, but I know about people my age and above. You know.
3: So you say. 20. So you say you're 21. Now, now you're basing this on your girlfriends at work and your girlfriends that you associate um, with. girlfriends
7: at work, growing up, um, relatives, all kinds of stuff like that. Because, um, to be honest, I know. Okay. You said, you gave an analogy about heels or
3: shoes or something like that, right? Yeah, I said I said most men aren't looking at, you know, their attraction is totally different from women's. So, so if a man sees you in a club or out, he's not looking at the shoes unless, you know, they're real sexy. And then he's more looking at the ankles and the calves and the legs, and that accentuates it. So that's their no. attraction initially because, you know, when you're walking in a parking lot, you know, I, I don't think he's looking at your car. He's not looking at, you know, whether you have a title at your job. And it was proven with, um, um, I guess, Tiger Woods. You know, they said the women that he was dating, cheating with on his wife, one was a hostess, one was a waitress. So it really wasn't about the employment. Mm -hmm.
7: Well, um well, for that, you're talking about, like, that superficial of uh, what makes you interested in a person. But, like, for me, I'm thinking about more along the lines what keeps you interested in a person. And, like, as a female, I know, like, looking at a guy, I, like, he can look nice, and there can be another guy who can look, like, ugly, like, horrible, messed up teeth, bad haircut, and the other guy look really nice. But that guy, the really nice-looking guy... Doesn't say anything out of his mouth Respectful or like Something that caters to me Like my sensitivity as a woman That you know says oh you're beautiful Or something like that oh you're a wonderful lady Like I'm going to blow That guy off but the guy The ugly guy if he's all Oh I think you're so sweet I think you're so nice And like you know he kind of caters to my ego Then I think I'm more interested in that person The person that ca- caters to my ego
3: Okay, okay. So so when you're saying it's it's based off the personality and how they, I guess, uh, approach you, the approach. Well, it's
7: not even an approach. That, well, it's not really the approach, but, I mean, that's a part of it. But I think it's the overall character of the other person, you know, because character determines a lot. You know, character can change your body language and things like that. You know what I mean?
3: Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, let's get into the character of the heart of the person. Right. Because the car can crash. The cash can go. Mm -hmm. The job can be terminated. And all the power that someone was attracted to is out of the window. So what are you left with? The individual.
7: But then again, like, um, just for, like, little examples or whatever, um, when it comes to character, like, You know, growing up, like, as a female, it's it's different from growing up as a male or whatever. Like, you're given a different mentality. So, like, as a girl growing up, you're taught about, like, you know, Prince Charming Mr. Right and stuff like that. And so, it like, you base the guys you're interested in off of what your ideal Mr. Right is and that character. And so I think for a lot of women, because I'm African American – so for a lot of African-American females, when they see, like, you know, the gangster thug-type guys, they may, like, a lot of gangster thug-type guys straight out the pen don't approach you like, hey, yo, hey, yo, you know, they come at you kind of sweet and smooth sometimes. And that's how I think a lot of women get caught up, because that character that, um you know, comes straight out the pen – It's really, like, a secure, oh, you're beautiful, don't worry about me leaving you. And also, I'm strong and confident, so don't worry about me, like, you know, not being able to protect you, you know. Whereas when it comes to, like, some of the other brothers who are just in their books and not worried about women, they may look at a girl and say, oh, yeah, I think you're cool or whatever. And it's just, like, conversation. It's not really, like, all that heart and feeling like the other brothers
3: put in so So you're saying you know even the thugs uh, the reason that i guess a lot of people online and i see it on facebook from time to time that when a guy says well this is what you're interested in the thug and he's got a gold chain and he's probably standing next to a bmw it's
7: not even the gold chain it's just character because he can own you know, like, he has a presence that owns everything, you know, where it's like, oh, nobody's going to, you know, punk him or, like, hurt me or, you know, distract him from me, you know?
3: Okay. So do you think the, the the rap videos or the images on BET and these award shows and the guys in the music industry, do you think that has a lot of influence on, you know, the swag and, and why women are that attractive? Not anymore. Not anymore? Not
7: anymore. Not Neither. with, like, because, and I say that because, like, I know with recent, like, news, um, I guess with, like, Chris Brown getting back with Rihanna and, like, people like Drake and Chris Brown fighting over Rihanna. And then there's, like, um, there's different situations with different um football players and even Tiger Woods and people like that. Like, it kind of makes it look like a... There's nothing in that life, you know, whereas you look at people like President Obama and you're like, oh, okay, that's the new look, you know. (laughs)
3: <laughs> you say that's a new look <laughs>
7: i think it is <laughs> oh,
3: okay all right well i'm glad i'm glad there's another 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 example out there you know other than mm-hmm. the gold chain and the gold teeth and the little wayne look and the dress and like and- the
7: gold chain honestly has been out i think even though like rappers like two chains and things like that are trying to bring it back but i think it's out and i think the new looks that guys have aren't like you know, something that attracts the ladies. I think it attracts other men because nowadays, like, tight jeans and um, just like all kinds of little silly things are like in there. I don't think that stuff is attractive. So, all
3: right. Well, um, would you hold on for a minute because I want to talk about the media's influence in these rap videos sure. and the Siroc and the and the, and what is it? Uh, Louis 14th and what did he say the other night? Um, Dom Perignon and all these bottles of the women at the club. I want to talk about how that influences, you know, what what women are choosing today. So, Lorna, would you hang in there with me for a minute? Sure. Okay, we're gonna come back and talk to you for a minute. Right now, uh, as we continue with more great music here inside the Love Zone USA. Ah, yeah. All right, Tony D, let's get it on because we're gonna talk about this topic. For the love of money, yeah! Inside the love zone, USA. You're inside the zone with Mike. Mighty, mighty sound of the O.J.'s kicking it off with For the Love of Money, and that's what this show is about to some degree tonight. uh, My name is Mike T. I'm your host, and we left the segment before we got into the music with a young lady named Lorna who calls in, and she uh, told us her age at uh, 21, and I'm going to bring her back on the line. I see we have our guest in the uh, uh, green room, but uh, Lorna, are you back with me?
7: Yes, I'm here.
3: Back into the zone. Uh, real quick, where are you at in your life at this point? Are you working? Are you just graduate college? Or are you still in school? Um,
7: I'm working at Mercy Fitzgerald in the oncology department.
3: Okay.
7: Um, I'm also about to, in two months, I'll be uh, married for a year, because I was last year, December 20th. Okay. Uh,
3: w- w- wait a minute. Let me, let me uh, understand that. You said you are married for a year now?
7: Well, I will be married for a year December
3: 20th. Okay. Okay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. And and where did you meet your husband at? Ooh. <laughs> I met him
5: at the club. <laughs> <laughs>
3: at the club, at the club. Tony get the to record out. <laughs> okay. So now now let's get into this before I bring my uh, guest on. Uh, he's one of the panelists and uh so you met him at the club and 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 how did he approach you?
7: Um, he asked me if I was Jamaican, because um, the DJ said something about, like, all the West Indies, Jamaicans, Trinis, all that, like, it was just giving shout-outs to, like, you know, Islanders or whatever, and he asked me if I was Jamaican, and I told him my father um and his family is Jamaican, and so he was like, oh, okay, let me get your number, and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs>
3: okay, now, what... what, what? In 2020 hindsight, that's a year ago. I want you to take me back to the club. What initially attracted you to him?
7: Um, He had an accent, so I figured he was Jamaican. And okay. Like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll give him my number. If I don't like him, I'll block him and never have to see him again, you know. But um, come to find out he's not Jamaican, he's African, West African. Okay,
3: okay. And we went
7: on a date, and our first date was um, really nice. He picked me up from school at the time I was um, attending junior college. And um, so he picked me up from school, and his car was really nice. And on the way, like, because we were going to the mall or whatever as our first date or whatever. Okay. And because I told him I needed to buy some shoes, and he said, fine, we'll just go and get something to eat and stuff. And so he picked me up from school. Um, his car was really nice. Okay. Okay.
3: Now, wait a minute. <laughs> wait what, nice. what kind of car did he have? He had Audi. He had Audi. Yeah, yeah. but he was
7: borrowing it from his sister. <laughs> right. So, you it was really pretty. <laughs> you
3: didn't know that at the time, though.
7: No, I didn't even care really. I just liked the color. It was like jet black or whatever, and I was just like, "Oh, that's so pretty <laughs> and like um, i just I really didn't care like um, we were talking for so long, and I got comfortable with them. you know, um, so when we went on our date, um we went to like a pizza joint, a California pizza, they make like um really weird pizzas. Um, We were eating there and he was talking to me And he speaks a couple different languages And that was impressive Um, And we just really Know each other and I really
3: like them, so. So, so, he kept so that kicked it off, and and then started from there. But I noticed you said you liked the car of I all the cars. I liked the car. Things. I
7: liked his outfit. <laughs>
3: okay, now we get to the outfit, but it was the car. Okay, I got it. I got the it. The car, well,
7: the outfit, the accent—it was all <laughs> like that. It caught my attention, but um, his personality definitely reeled me in.
3: Okay, all right. Well, I want you to hang in there for a second. I, I want to bring our guest on. Uh, he's a relationship expert, Lorna, and mm-hmm. uh, I want to introduce him to you right now. Uh, Justin, are you with me? Yeah, sure am. Justin, it's been a while. How are you? Welcome to the Love Zone. Uh,
8: I've been doing good, and I'm uh, glad you asked me to be on tonight.
3: Uh, I'm glad to have you. I thought this show might fit, and you might be able to lend some insight. Have you been listening to uh Lorna and and, and the, the the topic and and how this is all fitting in.
8: Uh, I missed the first part, but I heard uh, after you came back after the music. Um...
3: Okay, uh, she met her her husband, who she's now married to uh, for almost a year, December twentieth, and she talked about the first date. And one of the things that she did mention, and now it's 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 live and in living color, but it's on tape, was the car. <laughs> and and this show is about. Is that what women are attracted to? And she admittedly said, you know, she noticed the car. So, Justin, what what, you, what are your feelings about relationships and dating and, and the attraction that women may have to some of the material things prior to, although she did mention that she's into character, that this is the new attraction for, you know, entering a relationship for guys?
8: I think um, it's always been something where – there's there's i mean if you're not attracted outwardly to at least something about them, there's not gonna be the interaction that gets deeper. I think as you know it could be does the guy dress nice is it you know is he well kept does he have a nice car? I think that it's almost a primal thing about you know can he provide for me? Now, I mean, that may just be a foot in the door. It sounded like it wasn't his car that she was actually attracted to. So, I mean, it was, he was driving his sister's car, but it still got his foot in the door, you know. And then as long as the relationship's not based solely on what can you do for me monetarily, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing.
3: Okay, okay. And and, and Lorna did say that, you know, it was a conversation and them them constantly talking that uh, she she got even more attracted to the gentleman, and now they're going on about a year of uh, of marriage. So, Lona, right. why don't you tell me where, where did he propose and and how soon after well, he didn't you started propose. dating? Oh, wow. he didn't propose. I proposed. You you proposed?
7: Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was okay. Um, while dating or whatever, there was a few times like we broke up, but we always got back together not too long after breaking up. And that was only because, like, I was always interested in other people, not so much in the sense of, like, oh, you're not entertaining me or I'm not really attracted to you. But my husband, he didn't really go all out for me, you know. And that kind of made me feel like, oh, well, maybe somebody else will. And most of the guys who I ended up dating other than my husband, like, they did go all out, but they weren't as sincere and they didn't really care as much as he did. And I learned that out the hard way. <laughs>
3: okay, okay. But so.
7: I proposed to him after I got out of jail, and it was it was weird. Um, I told him basically because he already knew the situation because he visited me he visited me while I was in jail.
2: Okay. And
7: um, I told him the situation. I told him like I'm looking at you know a few felonies, and um, I won't be able to work probably after um, I catch the charges or whatever. So. Like, if you don't marry me now while I'm looking at being down and out, then we might as well end it now, you know. And he was just like, all right, let's get married because obviously you're in jail, and we've been together for, you know, quite a time or whatever. And he knew, like, in my core, like, as a person, I am a sweetheart, and the incident that I got caught up in, it was just the, like, incident and so, like, we got married, and so ever since, like, things been okay. Like, he's been working most of the time, and I've been in school most of the time, but now I'm working, and, like, you know.
3: Okay, okay. And, you know, this this story that you're telling me, which is interesting, I want to bring Justin back in, it's pretty interesting because nine times out of ten is usually – a women vi- visiting the guys. It's, at least when I was back at WJR,
5: <laughs> I used to get a
3: call every other night, and a girl was dedicating a record to a guy who was, you know, in in prison. And I used to do uh, that. <laughs> I started to make it a segment. It happened so often, but you know, for for it to be in reverse, this is very interesting. And mm-hmm. and do you think because of the situation you were in, it um, it tended to make you look at the individual more than material things when you were. Looking at
7: me,
3: okay. okay, definitely
7: because like I, like he wasn't the only guy I was involved with. He was the only person I was intimate with, but I was still dating other guys, and I was still real close with other guys. And out of all the guys that I knew, he was the only one that really reached out while I was in prison. Well, not prison, in jail or okay. whatever. And um, like a lot of the other guys, they would write letters or whatever, but they would you know they weren't like. Letters saying, you know, oh, you're going to make it out. Things are going to get better. You don't deserve this and things like that. They were more along the lines of um, I would bail you out if I knew you was faithful type things. And then I would get phone calls. Well, when I would try to make phone calls, it would be along the lines of, oh, we're done. I don't want to mess with you anymore. Like how could you get caught up in something crazy like that, you know, and so –
3: and you got got a chance to see people for what they were really about in, in relationship.
7: Not what they're really about, because I wouldn't say that's what they're really about. But I can see how deep our relationship was, how superficial it really was, you know?
3: Right, right, right. So you didn't. You, it doesn't seem like you put a lot of emphasis on his car or what he had or 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 how much money he made. That wasn't that wasn't uh, the crux of your relationship. Your, your it wasn't of it. because
7: there were, like I said, there were other guys who were older, make more money, had more like benefits than he has and gives me. But at the end of the day, he gave me the whole shebang, you know, that consider consideration and um, you know hope, you know, <laughs> he didn't give up on me.
3: Okay, now now let me go back to our topic. With your girlfriends, with your coworkers, with,
6: mm-hmm. you know,
3: the nights out with the girls, do you find that this topic comes up a lot about, oh, he's got a car and he does this? And do they talk more about that today? Do you hear more about that and the material things than the you do? Other the,
7: day, the other day I was in an office with my supervisor, um, my workplace support a manager and a colleague and we were talking about our men cuz my manager's married and uh the workplace support lady she's married and um uh, my colleague she's never been married but she has a baby father with one guy and she's in a relationship with another guy and we were just talking about our um relationship situations um and I was just like, my year of being married to my husband, it's been hard. Like, we argued about a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, it's been worth it. And so the other women, um, my manager, she was saying how she appreciates her husband, and she's been married for 26 years, I think she said, um, and she appreciates her husband because after all those years, he still makes her feel special, and there's still security in their marriage, you know.
6: Mm-hmm. And
7: mm-hmm. Um, I think that is what plays a big role because the other woman wouldn't want to say because the one who isn't married and who has a baby father and a boyfriend, she was saying <laughs> how she's thinking about getting married, but she's afraid because she doesn't want to have to have another baby, and she knows the guy wants to have another baby or whatever. But she was saying that he's so good to her and makes her feel so good about herself that she's thinking, you know, he's the one, and he. She's going to stick with him, regardless of like you know having to have another child because she knows he'll do his part. And I think it's that security and knowing that he'll stick around and do what's right and protect you. And you know.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to bring Justin back in, and I have another person on the line real quick. Let me get him in. Uh, his name is Ben, and and, and again, um, you know, we're talking about you. You are in a situation where you talk to your colleagues and they're in uh, some precarious posi- positions. Um, ben, are you with me? Yes, I'm here. Ben, uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from the Bronx, New York. Bronx, okay. Yes. Real real quick, before I bring Justin back in. In your experiences, is this topic um, factual, relatable? Uh, I don't even know if that's a word. But have you experienced the, the women being attracted because of what you had, what your material things? I don't know your situation, but... Uh, can you speak on that? Has it ever happened to you?
4: Absolutely. I mean, we live in in 2012, so <clears throat> that seems to be the norm more than anything. And what's so ironic is when I listen to the young lady's story, I want to take my hats off to, hat off to her uh, based on her experience and what she's found and where she is in her life. Um, she, something to definitely be proud of. But when I hear her story and I listen to uh, what she's encountered, that could be so many other young ladies' stories. But unfortunately, they get consumed by everything that's before it, that's been presented to them, the uh, the facade, the things that we build to. And, and and whenever I talk about different subjects, I always try to relate how I can relate myself to the subject, and I understand the role that I play. So I can understand how I've, in my past, perpetuated this this, this facade, this, uh, <clears throat> this look and this feel of, oh, I'm more than what – what I really am, but based on my material things and how the the, the type of attention that it drew in. So I see how the role that I played in and I can understand why, why, why they would be consumed with it, but it exists. It definitely, and to sit and say that it doesn't, we we would only be lying to ourselves. We know that that's the commonplace when you go to the clubs, when you're out on the street is what you got, how much you got, and what can you do for me?
3: Yeah, there are exceptions to the rule. So Justin, um, real quick, um, how 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 often uh, and how far deep is it rooted in, and do you think that the media has played a part in in shaping our values and on this material thing? How far deep is this rooted in and do you see it?
8: Um, I think it varies depending on the person. I know um like uh Ben was talking about, I've been in a situation where, you know, I want this girl to like me and I'm gonna put you know, I'll put out as much money there. And put on that act, you know, back in the day it was, you know, I can do this and I can do this and show up in a nice shiny car and all that to get the girl. And I think that, I mean, everybody pretty much perpetuates it. Media, I mean, you don't put people on TV, you know, who get the girl or in movies that are driving, you know, some old (laughs) beat-up 1981 Chevette. You know, that's not the guy that the girls, you know, oh, my God, I want to ride in your car. No, it's the guy that's got the Ferrari, You know, and you know, you see club scenes. It's not the guy that's standing at the bar, drinking cranberry juice. It's the guy over there with a bottle of champagne that all the girls are huddled around. Um, You know, I kind of think it's one of those things where it's it's so entrenched in society that you know nobody's really to blame for it as far as if they feel that because it's almost you know from the day we're born it's almost put upon us that you know the guy is supposed to support it. I know growing up, you know, my mom worked. I mean, she worked at one job for a good length of time. But overall, my dad's always been the one to support her. And I've always felt, you know, as a man, I support it. I should support her. And, you know, I'm married to someone who is, you know, she's in school now, but she'll be making as much. And to me, that's a little weird, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think it's something where no matter your role, you know, in society, it's kind of there. And you always, you know, it's, the capitalistic kind of thing where that's what our society sort of driven off of is money.
3: Oh, absolutely. And, and, and to Ben's point, Ben, when, have have you been in the relationship where, where you really wanted this woman, she was attracted to you and later on you found out it was more things that she was attracted to or status or something else. And, and, and you kind of felt, have you ever felt like it wasn't you or uh, been in a situation like that?
4: Well well, I am actually in that type of relationship right now. Whoa, whoa. Um, but but this is the thing. I've I've matured and I've come to a place in my life that I know I know better and I know not to be consumed by worldly things or those that want worldly things. But it took it was a learning process for me. I didn't I didn't come to this place overnight. So I use this as an opportunity when I think of the young lady that I've always been infatuated with. We worked together. She came in when she was first hired. Everybody was going after and I just happened to have lunch with her one day in the break room and that was the beginning and I thought that was my way in and so we carried on the conversation and throughout time I realized it wasn't me that she was necessarily attracted to. It was the fact that I was a professional black male. Uh, I could hold a decent conversation and I seem to be holding quite a lot in my pockets, and I mean, in regards to monetary. So, um, but I, I, I'm using it as an opportunity because I know at the core of her, and uh, speaking back to Laurie, I know at the core of her, the type of woman that she is and put the potential that she possesses. And it may not be the woman for me, you know, but hopefully – Along the line, when she does transition over into the real world and find somebody or hopefully find somebody real, it's something that I've taught her. I feel like if we use these opportunities and just find that foot in the door and just try to educate, I feel like we're the full We're the patriarchs of the family, and it's up to us as men. To guide and educate when we come across these scenarios because a lot of the behaviors that we see displayed are as a result of us. I can think back to having sisters and some of the men that they would encounter and some of the the quote unquote boyfriends that they would have, and I saw the the behaviors that they displayed, and it's just for every action as a reaction. I saw the beast that my sisters became because they felt like they could never find love, or I can only find the one that wants to edit, or Mm -hmm. Lauren wants to stick around to get something. So now I'm going to use you. I'm going to wait. Waste my time. Let me waste my time with some someone that can provide me something. So I use it as an opportunity, and we keep, you know, we stay in touch, and it's just a sort of a long distance relationship. But when we get together, you know, it's always where are we going, where can you take me, and I'll do my thing when I can. But I'm no fool to what's going on, you know. And I, I think in deep down inside, there's some, that, that there's, there's some hope that she'll transition, and then I'll be the dude that she right. can call husband, but. Up until that point, even if it never becomes that, I use it as an opportunity to educate. And I've seen her slowly come around to understand that everything that you're facing, well, not everything, but the bulk of what you're facing, facing the depression and feeling like you can never find somebody that fits you is because of the behaviors that you display.
3: Now, now, Ben, real quick, before we go into mm-hmm. some music, and I want to come back with all of you, and I have another guest on the line. How long were you dating her? before the light clicked on and what co- turned on the light to say you know what she's not really into me uh you know this isn't where i thought it was and now she said some things or, or some, something clicked for you <clears throat> to to figure out you know she's not into you that way so how long and what was the incident that well
4: well, well to make it brief as possible i think it was that moment that we all have it was the alcohol it was one night we were out it was New Year's Eve 2007 <laughs> at that point at that point we had been together for quite some, for maybe about two years so it's been a long haul okay. But We were at a New Year's event, I was drinking heavily, and it was just certain things that I chose to overlook, or maybe I was just naive to, that started to come out once I was under the influence, and it, it just all came to head that night. I don't know what caused me to blow up, but I blew up, we went back and forth. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that that same year, I had intentions, I was living in California at the time, and I had intentions to move back to New York, so I was already feeling the pressure of, you know, me leaving her and whatever emotions that I was going through at the time that <clears throat> caused reality to rear its ugly head. And I came to and I was like, you know what, this entire this entire courtship, I can't call it a relationship, I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. really been based on what I can supply to you. And I blew up. And that's the first time, like... You know, I've come from a family where, you know, men are hyper aggressive, and I've seen some things that probably wouldn't be considered legal in my day between interactions <laughs> between, you know, family members like male and female. You know the dynamics, and I really blew. I saw that, and I said to myself. I went that, in that direction for a reason, and a lot of it was because reality had set in. Which she was only there for, for the three years that we were together because of what I could provide for her, which she hoped. And she says to me this, to this day, she's like, you know I'm never leaving, you could shoot my mail ticket. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, yeah, she tells straight, me. She tells straight up, straight up. me. She tells me. But, but but I can deal with it because we've developed a relationship. That's Around. Become, right, right, right. More, It's more of a a familiar relationship as opposed to a lustful relationship. She's become family to me. We've had heart-to-hearts. I mean, I've been there when her mother died, her brother was locked up, and we've she's come to me and said, like, you know, in spite of everything that happened in the past and what even happens moving forward, you have really been there for me, you know, in every way I can imagine. So I won't discount that. And me as a strong man, as long as I'm wise, to the relationship or whatever, whatever I enter into, then there's no feeling. I'm wise to what's going on. When you had the blunders over my eyes, I could have fought. I could have fell victim and been a fool. But I'm wise. So I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to guide you because I don't want you to pass this trickery on to someone who's less wise. You know? Right,
3: right. I got you. I got you. Well, if you you guys would all hold on for me, Lorna, Justin, and would y'all y'all hang in there for a second because I want to go into some music and we have another guest. Coming on, uh, Dr. Sanders will be here. Are you Absolutely. guys hanging there with me? All right. Absolutely. I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about, you know, uh, Ben's situation in, in an overall sense, and we're going to have a panel discussion, and I think Dr. Sanders is with us as well. I want to bring him and uh, Justin Nutt back, and we're going to talk about the materialistic side of the relationship and does that make a more stable relationship when you have those material things. But uh, I don't know. But we're going to find out when we come back. But right now, let's get into some music with my producer. And uh, I'm going to get into some Gwen Guthrie because I think she can explain it. It's entitled. Ain't nothing going on but the rent. Here inside the zone. Love zone.
5: and life is free that's why i'm asking you what can you do for me i've got responsibility So sweet, but we're only wasting time if your pockets are empty. Heart got lots of love to give, but I will have to avoid you if you're unemployed. I'm talking about nothing, leave nothing. You got to have something if you wanna be with me. Love life is mysterious, love too mysterious. To so have a day
3: The Love Zone USA, where you can listen to your heart and we live live and and learn. Teach me how to love here inside the Love Zone USA. Well, I got somebody who's going to teach you how to love, uh, a good buddy of mine, and she's uh, like family here. I want to bring her on before we bring Justin Nutt back in, and uh, are you with me, Dr. Sanders? Hello, Dr. Sanders, are you with me? Hello, hello.
1: I'm here. Sorry about that.
3: Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I just want to make sure you're with me. I'm the- sorry,
1: it was, my phone was on mute, so I was talking, I was like, hey, here I am. So, good, <laughs> to see you, good to talk to you.
3: Welcome, welcome, Dr. Sanders. It's been a minute.
1: It has, but I love the warm reception. Yes, we are like family.
3: Oh, that's good, that's good. So, have you had a chance to listen into to some of the conversation that has been going on?
1: I heard a little bit where the gentleman was talking about how the lady um, – was taking advantage of him, but I didn't get too much beyond that.
3: Well, Ben, I'm going to be bringing him back in as well, and Laura. Oh. Uh, you probably didn't hear about her story, but I'll give you some brief synopsis. Ben has been dating a woman who mentally is uh, that me or? I I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. No, there was a little noise there. I didn't know what was going on. But Ben has been dating a woman for a while, sure. and then he discovered, I guess, at a New Year's Eve party. Um, doc- Hello, Dr. Simmons? Is is, is <laughs> Are you okay over there? <laughs> Cause I'm I am. People.
1: I'm actually uh, traveling, but I had oh, my yeah. earphones Tra- in, so you could, I would talk to you that way. But I'm going to take take those out, so hopefully I can hear you. Um, you oh, can
3: hear me a little oh, bit no, better. No, I can, I can hear you good now. I can hear you good. Uh, I mean, if you, you, you're driving, you say?
1: Uh well I'm a passenger at this point. I, oh okay. I, you, okay. Yeah, that's okay. But I'm I'm fine.
3: I can talk. <laughs> all right, so so the bottom line uh, he discovered that this he he being really into the young lady found out at a New Year's Eve party that um she might have been into him for what he could provide. And that's mm-hmm. what the show is all about um is that the attraction. And when women do that and men feel it, you know, it sets up a Kind of, kind of, you know, the way society is. You know, it's pr- quid pro quo, as one of the doctors said, and I'm only into you for what you can do for me. So, Doctor Sanders, what's your take on that kind of thing that might be permeating in society, uh, promoted by the media and videos, and people are taking art, art, art. I don't know if art is imitating life, or this is life.
1: You know, I think it's a component of life. Um, Unfortunately, some individuals are not inclined to be in a relationship unless they can get something out of it, whether it's monetarily or um, some sort of tangible item. And um, in, in many cases, guys have found themselves susceptible to those sort of women because, you know, maybe they're attractive, they're seductive. Um, or even vice versa, guys, who may go after guys because they can provide um, something for them. Um, What we have to do is look for people who meet our our qualities, they have our same moral values and beliefs, not go after someone because they can provide some sort of tangible idol or monetary value. Because truth be told, just like beauty is fleeting, the money sometimes dries up, and what will you have afterwards? And you want to have love love and substance to the relationship.
3: But but we got this attraction thing. That's that's the real key. You know, yeah. I'm attracted to you because you pulled up in a nice car, you know, and this is what kinda helped swoon me along with your conversation and um well,
1: I'm- couple guys pull up in a nice little, you know, Mercedes Benz. I, I turn my head a couple times, too. Ain't nothing wrong with looking. They got, hopefully they look nice inside the car, you know. I mean, let's be real about it. You know, there's a lot of factors that attract us to people. And if you have, I'm not going to look at no broke guy. I'm going to be honest with you, you know. No. But I'm not about to sure. be with you for what you can provide me. It's okay if that's part of the attraction. Because if you're riding in a, a Honda Civic, now that ain't a bad thing if you're using that to save money and you you know, you don't need a big ball of car if you try to be more efficient with your money. But if you ain't got much to offer, you know, then I don't really need to also entertain the idea as well. Because in my opinion, you know, I want someone that, that has um, some of the pieces that I'm looking for in a good guy. And it's not necessarily a nice car, because that doesn't mean the guy is going to be a good guy. But I want the entire package in terms of an attraction. But I'm not going to stay in a relationship or date you or be with you because of what you can provide me. That just doesn't make any sense.
3: Okay. Uh, Justin, are you there?
1: Uh, yes, I am. And,
3: and what's your take on that? The doctor clearly laid it out plainly that, you know, she's not going to be with you just for what you can provide, because she's looking a little bit more, but that does play into it. So what's your take on that in relationships as you see them today?
8: Um, I think that, honestly, I think that that's totally acceptable. As long as you want into it, you know, you know that it's not all about money. Now, I think um, it's realistic to want somebody that is on that same level or that you're not Mm going to have to support, you know. I mean, I'm guessing that – uh, your stance is the fact that you don't want to have to be providing for him. Is that correct?
1: Well, I would want us to be equal partners providing, or, you know, it's not one person is footing everything and the other person is along for the ride. You know, that's that's an unequally yoked and unhealthy relationship in my eyes. So but if if there's a piece that that's going to attract me to you. Yeah, driving a nice car might get my head to turn a little hard like Beetlejuice or maybe necessarily having a nice outfit on. That'll, that's a part of the attraction process. It, it's nothing wrong with looking good for the other sex. Um, but am I going to be with you or should people entertain relationships just because of what they have? Not necessarily. I think that's just the wrong reason or purpose behind dating someone.
3: Well, let me go into Obama and, and I want both of you to comment on this. Obama had a hole in his car and it's pretty well documented that when he was dating Michelle, uh, that there was, you know, fumes coming up I guess through the floorboard. And now okay. we look at him, he's the president. So if 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 the attraction of these women are going to rule out guys who don't have the Audi, the you know, Mercedes Benz and 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 we're not getting into the character or the heart of the individual. I know there are a lot of women today probably looking at Obama, power, successful, articulate, uh, seems to have everything under control, and is the president of the United States but probably wouldn't give him a second look in that car and that Volkswagen Beetle with the hole in the floor. So I'd like both of you to comment on that, of the fact that, Women may be overlooking men who can potentially be something more, but because of economic situations, and I heard there's a lot of tent cities around the United States, and I was just on the news the other day, that they're not giving these people an opportunity for love. What's your take on that, both of you?
8: Um, um, I'll let you I can, and speak
1: oh. first.
8: Okay. Oh, you <laughs> want me to speak first?
1: Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um,
8: I can actually speak directly to that. I actually, um, before I met my fiance, well, even when I was first dating her, I had a car that it had been wrecked and made a god-awful noise. The exhaust had a hole in it, and, I mean, there was girls where I would go out with them, and, you know, we would meet wherever, and then they'd be like, oh, that's your car. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, no, I got this, or, you know, but with her, she took the other stance. I mean... And so I've been with the girl where it's like they don't want anything to do with me. Now, I mean, they're still friends of mine. I'm friends with pretty much everybody I've ever gone out with. And they'll be like, oh, you know, now they're all interested because, I mean, I was in school. I was doing my master's, and now I have a good job. I make good money, and suddenly it's like, oh, well, you know, we should hang out. And I'm like, you realize I'm engaged. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things where clearly it was that car, that stopped you. I mean, that's very clear that you saw the car and you're like, oh, that's your car. I mean, and suddenly you don't want to go out tomorrow or you don't want to go back to your place. And now that I have plenty of money, suddenly you're like, oh, you know, I think I messed up with you. Well, yeah, you did. But, (laughs) you know, as far as I'm looking at it, I'm really happy you messed up because now I know that, you know, my fiance, Shannon, I mean, it was, we worked together and, we worked at a group home with kids and the kids would hear me coming. They'd be like, Oh, Justin's coming. And Mm -hmm. you know, she still saw past that. And now it's one of those things where it's almost like she deserves whatever comes out of it. Like tonight we were actually car shopping. And it's one of those things that I'm okay doing that now, because it's not like if we're buying a car, that that's the only reason she's with me kind of
3: thing. Right. 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 And Dr. Sanders, uh, what would you like to uh, add to that?
1: Well, I, you know, the the whole Obama effect with marriage is pretty interesting. Um, I would have talked to Obama myself if I was Michelle, because she ain't stupid, you know. <laughs> Let me say for the, for the record, he's a handsome fellow. He's in good shape. He's extremely brilliant. You know, Michelle, you know, she predicted the futures on that. You know, she saw a possibility in it, so she overlooked the car. Now, what would have been a deterrent for me is his smoking. I'm not into guys who smoke cigarettes, but, you mm-hmm. know, what? for her that wasn't a deal breaker. So I think there are women who are smart and rational enough to say, look at what he has, look at where he's going. If he ain't got the right car, like it sounds like Justin's girlfriend did, you know, now she got the, the almost the wifey degree. So, you know, she played it well. And I think that women have to be like that. You have to be very smart and strategic. Get, going after a guy – just because he has the car and money isn't going to guarantee you a good relationship or good marriage. But if you have a good quality guy that you've met and you see his potential and you see where he's going, you know, don't get on the bandwagon after he's gotten there. Justin gonna be like, it's too late. You know, another brother's going to be like, it's too late. And Michelle was smart. And so and the payout, it was a risk. It paid out well. So I would holler at him myself.
3: <laughs> now I you both. I want you both. I'm going to bring back Ben and Lorna, and I got another guest on the phone, Felix. Uh, we're going to get him in on the segment, but I want to bring Lorna in right now. Lorna, are you still there? Um,
5: yes. Thanks.
3: Hello. Hello, Lorna. Are you still with
5: me? Yeah. Okay. I'm here. Um, I, I,
3: I want to I want you to comment, and I want to tell our, our you know because Doctor Sanders came in a little late. Lorna is somewhat of an exception to the rule because. You know, she uh, mentioned early on that she was into character as an attraction, and it wasn't the material things. And and Lorna also admitted on the first date she was, you know, kind of taken by the gentleman pulling up in the car. So, Lorna, you've been listening to us talk, and we've been talking about material things and, and all of that, and I know you, you you haven't alluded to any of that. And What is your feeling now, almost she's coming up on a year on her marriage, about your husband and where your relationship is now with what you guys have possessions or you've accumulated things together and your love together. How how do you feel about it now?
2: I feel um, I feel
7: well first I want to also comment on some other things but um
3: go ahead. Go go, know, go right ahead. Go right ahead.
7: Well okay first I wanted to comment on um the whole Barack Obama situation um, with Michelle Obama I know you guys were talking about how um, In the beginning he had like a messed up car And Michelle got with him even still um, it, it made me think about this book That I read a while ago And it was about um, statistics for marriages And things like that And it was talking about how marriage is The the idea of marrying someone Because of love is a new radical idea Whereas back in the day It was all about status And all about um, money and things like that Because back in the day you only got married I guess for um you know, arranged marriages or whatever. Or if you wanted to be governor, (laughs) like, you had to have a missus, I guess. And um, I think that um, when it comes to, like, things where it's like, oh, he looks good, but he has a busted car, I think it's like, what is he doing for himself? You got to think about things like that, you know? Like, what is he working towards? Does he have any goals besides having, I mean, fixing his car, you know? So...
3: Well, today, I, I believe there are a lot of people who are, uh, you know, doing real well in the Clinton years, lost their 401Ks. we got people who, you know, matter of fact, I, I got a friend who told me there are places in Nevada where you see not only a foreclosure on a house, you see it on an entire neighborhood. Like right. every house is foreclosed. So those people had good times, and now they're, you know, and it has a but lot to do
7: with aspiration and determination in their goals you know because like if they still want to succeed and do better in life then of course they will and if they have that willpower of course it's attractive you know
3: true so my question then becomes if you saw there are people in tent city and 2020 did a uh, thing on that guy's got a master's degree would you date him he's living in tent city
7: I but need to know matter. like more about him. Like, I mean, I gotta see what he looked like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I know it's superficial, but
3: no, all all that's in place. But he's living he in Ten looked... City. He's living in Ten City. You're you're attracted by looks. No car. He's in Ten City. Used to have a seven hundred thousand dollar home. Now uh, in Ten City.
7: And he's in Ten City. How does he approach? It's not how he approaches me, but it's how- where do we meet? I mean, like, do we meet in somewhere like on the street or like it, it really depends on where we meet? Okay.
3: You know? Okay. So you're going to say the meeting place has got a lot I to think, do with. Uh, yeah. Okay. Dr. Sanders, would you like to comment on that before I bring in Justin Nutt and Ben?
1: Um, in terms of if I met a guy and he had a $700,000 home and now the home is lost and he's living in Tennessee, City, would I try to talk to him? Uh, uh, would I'll, I allow him to talk to me? You know what, I I absolutely would um, Just because he lost his house due to a recession Doesn't mean that his mindset is a one of a pauper He could honestly, um, you know, be trying to get his life back on track Saving some money, hustling So you have to respect that game And as a result, in my opinion, I would talk to him You know, what got him to the top, he still has it in him To get back to the top, it wouldn't be a problem In terms of, you know where I meet him at, I mean I can meet him on the street and if he told me this story and I and I could honestly look and see that he's genuine and he's trying to get back on his A game, I, it wouldn't matter to me that he's he lost his home and he's in Tent City. If he's trying to get back to the top I'm I'm his biggest cheerleader.
3: Mm. Okay. And Justin what what do you, what do you feel about what the lady said because they I I think, you know, they both had admirable um responses to that. I mean, you know so, And I want to bring Ben back in. Uh, ben, are you on the line? I want Justin to speak first. Justin, what's your take on what the ladies just said about the Tent City uh, example?
8: Well, I think a lot of times it's going to be hard to see past the fact that, you know, here's a homeless guy, basically, that I'm going to start dating. But, you know, where Dr. Sanders said, I think that, you know, that's really where it's at, is the fact that clearly he had ambition, which he probably still has. Yeah, he's been knocked down. Clearly he was successful. He's smart. You know, he was on top of his game, which realistically, the recession's gonna end. Hopefully. But <laughs> you know <laughs> hopefully. You know, but there are ups and downs in the economy. And you gotta think that as long as he's still got the drive, the ambition, you know, the intellect that's all gotten to the top the first time, that tent is gonna be a temporary situation. It's not gonna be You know the homeless guy that just sits on the corner all day and doesn't do anything. It sounds like that guy at one point was, you know, out there doing what needs to be done to provide, and most likely when the opportunity arises again, that's right back where he's going to be.
3: Now, Ben, you're you're on the line. Ben, are you with me? I'm still here. You're an example of a man who discovered. That is woman or a woman that you had, you know, uh, romantic interest in, wasn't totally in it for you or about you. Right. Now, as you guys progress through this relationship, and how many years has it been uh, now, uh, Ben, that you're with her?
4: Um, I'd say it's been about since two. It's almost been about about seven years. <laughs> We've been. Oh, seven,
3: okay. Seven,
4: yeah, it's been it's been a while.
3: And and if I if I quote you correctly you said you, you're you're um and I'm just going to put it flat out there you can you can you can correct me if I'm wrong you sum, you summarize it as she may be the one but you have reservations about her being the one unless you see some certain eyes dotted and T's crossed is that about
4: well, well I think in my subconscious I would I've mean, I've carried on I think that I've carried on this long because there's some hope I don't necessarily Expect or, but I think subconsciously something in me is saying that. Well, eventually, if she changes or if she matches you, and to, to touch just a bit on what our Dr. Sanders spoke on, I think we we can blame it on capitalism. I, I just had a conversation with friends that Rome wasn't built in a day, so it surely won't fall in a day. Um, we can blame it on just this Western way of thinking that. Monetary, I tell my team all the time that when we when we think of success, we can't think of success in terms of monetary value. There's so many things that I equate success to. So when I'm looking for my match or my partner, it's not necessarily in, in monetary gain. It's about what, what can you match me in intellect and spirit. And so and I, I think I'm a bit of an anomaly uh, in regards to my friends and those that I surround myself with. So uh, just I I. I I know that with her, I, I see hope, and, and even if it weren't with me, I would hope that it would be with someone who can share the joy and and, and the beauty that I've helped to create. I think it's my obligation to be aware and to, 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 to know what it is that she suffers from. Just like I said, having sisters, being raised by a strong black woman, uh, to understand what she's been faced with and the reason why she is what she is, and maybe not even completely understand why she is what she is, but just the knowledge that I have I think I'm obligated to teach. So if along the lines she happens to make an about face and then say, Hey, you know, through all of this, I mean I would be more than happy. But that's not why I'm necessarily in the game. I mean, it's just to know that she needed some guidance, and maybe all the, everybody that came before me didn't take the chance or take the opportunity to educate her and, and help her. And I, I've seen change in her throughout the years. And as long as she's receptive, I mean, I, I have no problem with being there. It's my obligation to be there.
3: Okay. And Dr. Sanders and, uh, and Justin, would you help me with this? Seven years invested. Um, not totally sure if he's going to cross or jump the broom If I if I'm summarizing this correctly. He has seen changes, but there is a point where he says that if those changes, if certain eyes are dotted and T's crossed, then she could be conceptually the one. In both of your practices and relationships of dating, uh, have you ever seen that switch get flipped after seven years? What's the chances and statistics in your own? What's the
1: chances of a man Marrying a woman after
3: seven years? Yeah that,
1: that
3: he, that, yeah, that he Has had reservations about And that initially it started Off, he was a meal ticket and she's Even said that, but he's Seen some progress, but he, he, She hasn't dotted all the I's Or T's on his list For him to go that extra step To commitment What do you think In your experiences, will that Happen? Or?
1: Well, I would tell the woman to keep it moving. You know, she's wasting her time with him. If he can't tell at this point, then it, he ain't about to tell.
6: Do you uh, believe that, well, Doctor Sanders? Really?
1: I do. Absolutely. Don't don't waste seven years on a guy, and and he can't commit to you to a level where it leads to marriage. You you have to understand, a man gets uh, better with age, so to speak. You know, like he, he's more marketable or attractive. Uh, attractive as a mate, the older he becomes. It's the reverse effect for a woman, so to speak. So if you're wasting seven years and he doesn't deem you as the one, then he ain't the one and you need to keep it moving. And for him to, you know, stick around and try to see if she's the one, you know, it's it's not necessarily hurting him. This biological cock isn't all the way ticking, so to speak. So I would encourage her um, not so much him, if he wants to stick it out and see if she's the one great, but i don't I don't think if you if you can't tell by year two, year three, you're wasting time
3: mm. and justin do you what's your take on that?
8: Um, it's the same end, but a different route to get there. um, it sounds like I mean she started out that it was all about money. I'm assuming that's the same girl is that right the one that it started his money, and now she comes back for emotional support basically so i mean if that's if that's the case, I mean that's seven years of his life wasted where he's it seems like he's picking up the pieces you know it's constantly it may not be a monetary thing, which I know that's the topic of the show, but it sounds like it's also it's more about what she can get from him that when you know when she's down and she needs some other kind of support, she's right there, and then maybe not so much, and I think that It sounds like if, you know, after seven years there's still reservations there, that it's probably a one-way street kind of thing. And, I mean, I never like to give the advice that somebody should move on just because, I mean, especially with this little information. But, honestly, it kind of sounds like that's really what he should do from his perspective versus from the woman's perspective that she should move on.
3: So, Ben, the uh, moment of truth is here. Um, the I's dotted, T's crossed. If if they don't get I's dotted, T's crossed in how much time? W- what, what are your plans? Well, well evident you guys got some major investment in there, so it sounds like you don't want to throw it all away.
4: Yeah, well, I think we've come to, well, at least with myself, uh, I've come to an understanding that, I mean, this could merely carry on. I mean, I think I may have misrepresented this relationship. I haven't completely stopped my life and stopped from moving on. I think we've come to an understanding that this could purely become platonic. Um, I just know that with her behavior – and, and what she was, what she valued and focused on in the beginning, that she, she was headed nowhere. And for me to be wise and to see those behaviors, even if I were not to benefit from it, it's my duty to be be sure that everything. I mean, when I think to the stories when we did try to come together, when we tried to make a family, and this is the things that we did that complicated us becoming a perfect union. A lot of it had to do. And I'm, I, I self evaluate. I sit back and I and I try to understand and assess the role that I played and anything but I know that a lot of it was due to her reservations or things that she valued things that she had been brought up to understand and not understand so uh, i felt like if if i mean at this point just being aware and just Being the one on the receiving end of what I can only sum up as just nothingness, it was my obligation to be sure that I educate, otherwise she would continue down this road. So even if it never became, I haven't completely placed my life on hold, but I know that That if there were an opportunity and I happened to be just so happened to be single and, you know, and I was ready to to make that commitment, I'd be more than happy to do so. But like I said, it's it's such a, I think it's it's what I call a plague that would just. in my in my own experience, just one, you know, woman after woman that I meet, and it's always and maybe I'm looking at the wrong places. Even I've gone to the church, <laughs> you know. Uh, mm. It's just that's always been the dynamics. Is what can you do for me? And I think it, it speaks to a larger set of what our society has become. This generation. I mean, I'm in my late 20s, so it's the generation that you know that I've been brought up. And and maybe I need to move to Wisconsin or maybe go, but. Time after time, it's always been so to find this one young lady who, again, having sisters, having a mother that I know could easily be, be one of them, I think is my obligation to at least educate her. And and somebody reached the benefit of those seven years, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't feel any, I mean, I wouldn't be anything but proud. So. Wow.
3: Wow. That's deep. That is deep i um, got another caller in. I want to get him in as well before I get back to Lorna and everybody. And we are getting close to closing up time. But let me get Felix in. Felix, are you there? Hey, Mike. How are you doing tonight? Oh, man, it's crazy, but it's good. It's good. How you doing? Yeah, how you feeling? Yeah, yeah.
2: I've been following the whole uh, program with the whole panel and everything.
3: And I know you said you had a comment, uh, my producer said. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Because even though this might go back, say, maybe yesteryear with some of the panelists, but it was like a thing where, okay, if like if I met a young lady, and even before we even get together for a date, the woman is like asking me, where do I work? Where do I live? What type of car am I driving? What are your prospects um, in the next five, ten years? This, that, and the other. And I'm like, uh, can we at least maybe go out have a little fun, and then we can talk about
3: the particulars a little later. Okay, Felix, you bring up a real good point. I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but real quick, Dr. Sanders, Justin, when is it appropriate for a woman to do that inquiry or get that laundry list out?
1: Um. Well, I'm just going to speak from a woman's perspective. I like to start asking those questions um, at the beginning. I don't think on the first date and maybe not necessarily the second date, but I'm going to ask those sort of um, um, meaty questions. You know, I I need to figure out where you're heading, where you're going, what are you working on, you know, what's your, what's your future, what's your purpose. If your goals and future and, and thoughts don't align with mine, then it may not be a good fit. I'm right. not going to necessarily ask you what car you drive. I will hopefully have gotten a chance to see that when you come by and pick me up on a date. But, <laughs> but it's not going to be necessarily a deal breaker
3: either. But, but, but oh, so, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So the, before the first date, you're saying this has, hap- this has happened to you, Felix.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Wow. And even like I, I've had situations where, um, you know, I'm talking to a young lady and not letting them know who I am and what I do. And it's like uh, they're like, oh, you probably some bum or whatever, whatever. But then when they really see me later, it's like, oh crap. Well, Mm. I mean,
1: I would just say this quickly: be like, you know. Before a first date typically occurs, there's sometimes a few phone calls to get to know the person to feel comfortable. Oh, yeah. So oh, those yeah, questions definitely. are asked. Then I think they're warranted to be asked. Then because you gotta, you're not wasting your time, and you darn for sure shouldn't waste his time. So if you know, I like to ask those tough, meaty questions, not to scare the person off, just to see are we compatible? Are we equally yoked? Um, but if yeah. she, go ahead. Oh,
2: I'm Dr. Sanders, I don't have a problem with that. But the way this one particular individual brought it to me, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. She caught me off guard. But it was like, okay, fine. I mean, we could talk about it, no problem. But but then at the same time, down the same breath with her, she was like, well, I want to know before I even invest a minute of my time with you.
4: I'm
3: like, okay. Could that yeah. be because she's had some bad experience with someone prior to Dr. Sanders? And that Actually, uh,
1: potentially. You know, she might have gotten spurned before, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, and I and met and a lady. I was just going to quickly say I met a lady that um, I, I was quite fascinated with her. Um, she's dated the football player. She's dated the guys after money, and and um, you know that she's looking for a good quality guy. But when this guy approached her in the the church parking lot, he didn't say the right things to impress her. And she asked those questions over the phone, and and he didn't say the things that she wanted to hear. So she got rid of him. She said, "I'm not going to talk to him." I thought that was pretty uh pretty steep. But there are some women. If you don't have the right uh, zeros in your bank account, if you don't have the right uh, credentials or you know, pedigree, they don't want to be bothered, and you know what? That's their law. If you work a guy and they missed out on you because of that, that's their law. Let them go on and meet somebody else,
2: that's how I look at it. Because even when I was with my ex fiance, even though we had a rocky relationship and everything, but after, right. um, she, um, did a number on me, and she went with somebody else. But then, like, within, the, I'll say, maybe 16 months, she was starting to hear that I was um, doing a lot more traveling. I was doing a lot more work out on the West Coast, down in Miami and everything. And a lot of stuff that I was doing was seriously blowing up. And then she's like, "Wait a minute, are you doing?" It? I said, "Yes, I'm doing all this and some." You know, you know, I'm I'm going. I was going to different um, premieres. I was at different um, A-list parties. This, that, and the other. And she was like, "I messed up." Yes, she did. Big time.
3: Well, I think that's, that's, that's the society that we kind of live in, and Justin alluded to it. Uh, I think, you know, many men have a, have have seen that, and that's what this show has been all about. And unfortunately, we may have to do a part two to this one. <laughs> oh, <and that's
2: laughs> Mike, Mike I, I second that. I second that, Mike.
3: Yeah, I, I think we might have to do, because time is, whew, I, I don't mean to cut everybody off, but Lorna, are you still there? yes I um I wanted to, say, to go ahead
7: I wanted to comment on his scenario situation um incident, like um the way she approached you, I mean, if you got the vibe that it was wrong, it was wrong, but at the same time, you also gotta you know be a little considerate and see things from her point perspective. What would make a girl in her right mind just up and go with some random guy, not to say that you give a guy like um, The third degree over the phone Like oh what do you do Where are you from <laughs> Who's your mom No but There are ways to um, Discreetly ask And so the fact that She didn't ask discreetly It tells you that Okay She's out to get something Okay so that was your You know your roadblock Your stop sign Your red light saying Okay oh, I don't oh, like yeah, this Oh yeah Oh yeah
2: I mean, For you like, I, I'm sorry, oh, sorry. Go no. ahead I'm sorry, say that again.
7: I'm sorry. I was just going to continue on to say that um, for you to, like, you know, get hung up on her that way, I just was, I'm just wondering how long did the relationship continue on for?
2: Well, well for that situation, it did not even get the first face. It did not even get the first face. But the one with my ex fiance, we were together on and off for almost uh, nine years. And when oh, I. Well, oh, you, you didn't
1: marry her, so that says something. No, you know, it did. It, it, no, I, no, I just think no, I these did. long dating relationships are just ineffective and time, it's just not efficient with time. If you're on no. and off for nine years and you haven't jumped a broom yet, then what she did was already a, a warning sign of behaviors from prior. I think people well, have well, to well, really well. pay attention and, and and be aware of what. The tea leaves are reading. These Mm -hmm. seven, eight, nine-year courtships, you know, don't make sense. And I think, Lorna's point from previous, evolutionary-wise, women didn't do these long courtships. It didn't work for us. It doesn't work for us. Right, right, right. And I can
2: understand that. But, But here's the thing, Dr. Sanders. When we met at the time, it was within, I'll say, two years of us dating. I popped the question. I was the one that wanted to get married. She was the one that was like lingering on it. Well, she it, was the one that. And
6: you still time, move on, what, huh? You
2: still gotta move on. The time, if you got warning signs, you just have to. You have to move on. It just uh, oh, doesn't oh,
1: work yeah, for oh, you, yeah. and it may not work I mean,
2: for her. I, at the time, and I'm gonna make this quick. It was like when we met. You know, I was still like an up and coming uh, professional photographer, and you know, I was still. Every day paying my dues, but I was also getting a little bit more of the rewards of all my hard work and everything. And it, it just got to a point where, when I ran into her, like down the line after we had broke up, it was like a thing where, you know, and she saw me and she saw what I was doing and everything, and she was like, "I screwed up," and, well. and she did.
3: Well, you know, I I, I hear what you're saying, and time has got us. We're going to have to do a part two to this, and I'd like to thank everyone for coming out tonight and uh, participating and lending your insight. Justin, are you still there with me? Yeah, sure. Justin, would you like to tell everybody how they can contact you? He is a uh, a relationship expert, and before we go, I want to thank him for, for being on the show. And, Justin, how can people contact you?
8: Now they can contact me through my website. It's www.justinnut.com.
3: Okay. Uh, not with two T's. So. <laughs> All right, buddy. I appreciate you coming on the show tonight and lending your insight, Felix. Thank you so much for your participation and Doctor Sanders. Doctor Sanders, would you like to tell our audience how they can contact you for relationship advice and therapy? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. They can call my office directly at seven zero eight. Two two three eight four zero five, or they can visit my website at www dot that is d r t i f s a n y s a n d e r s dot com Sanders dot com. And thank you again, Mike. I love I love your shows and love participating.
3: And it'll be up on our Facebook page tomorrow. And thank you so much, Doctor Sanders, for your time and coming out tonight. Lorna and Ben, you still with me? Yes. Okay. Hey, I I appreciate you guys calling in. I hope you will join us back again and tell your friends about the Love Zone USA. And -hmm. we're going to have more topics like this and probably a part two to this one because it seems like it could go on a a little further. Mm
6: -hmm.
5: So I'd
3: like to thank both of you for stopping out and uh, lending your insight and telling about your experiences because that's how we live. I enjoy the show. Thank you so much, Lorna. That's how we live and learn here inside the Love Zone. Thanks a lot, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. As the clock on the wall says that's just about all for yours, truly Mike T. As I always say in closing, I've enjoyed your company. Hope you've enjoyed mine. For those of you did, I'll see you another time. Whatever you do, do it with two. It's more fun than one. And I'm gonna leave you with this one. It's Mr. Charlie Wilson, my man Charlie. Last name Wilson. He says, There goes my thing. Inside the letter.